Hi, friends. Welcome to this episode of Practice Management Insights. I am your host, Ashley Malone, and I am so glad that you joined us today. As promised, this is the sixth episode, the final episode in our first season. And today we are going to talk to patients. We've covered so far different topics such as uh, culture, some human resource topics, some staff development. We've talked about phone skills. And in our sixth episode, our last episode of this season, we are going to interview a few real patients. Um, I thought it would be kind of fun, um, maybe not maybe not ha-ha fun, but uh, it'd be a good idea to kind of hear from people as we are ultimately all patients of different doctors and providers, and we're all experiencing some of the things that our own patients are dealing with within our offices as well. So I like to hear stories. I like to hear examples because even if we don't like the information or there may be a reason perfectly good reason why something may have happened. The reality is that we do what we do for our patients because of our patients and it is important to stay mindful of how they may be perceiving um, maybe an interaction or an encounter with our with our practice. So Thank you for joining us. Again, Practice Management Insights was developed as a practice management tool for healthcare leaders, practice managers, clinic managers across all of healthcare. Um, my particular area of experience is in ophthalmology, but the topics that we cover certainly apply to all types of specialties within the healthcare setting. Um, so thank you for joining us. Um, for more information about us or the podcast or actually to submit topics or ideas for future episodes, please visit us online. Uh, Practice Management and Legal Consulting is our sponsor. It's our, our main host of the podcast series. The website is PMLC. LAW.com. That's PMLCLaw.com. And we would love to hear from you. So, to get started, um, we are going to interview a couple different patients, but I wanted to actually just share some of my own experiences. We just did an analysis um, of our own patient reviews, and there were two that came up. We have active conversations about them going on right now within my own practice. And dealing with them as a whole different topic. We did talk about online reviews in one of the episodes. So I'm not really addressing the review itself. I'm just re addressing the feedback. So both of these patients have been contacted. I feel like we've dealt with them. Um, but in their eyes, we are not a good place to go. So one of them um, was a patient who actually is part of the VA system. They were referred to us, and they did not have their authorization in place in order to be seen with our, within our office. So the feedback I got was that they were just exhausted. They had made an appointment. They had waited the month to see us. They um, 
drove apparently three hours to come to our office and we turned them away. We said, you don't have your authorization and we can't see you. So when I heard about this, I mean, I, w- I was absolutely horrified. So I actually talked to my staff and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Why, what, what did we do here? And, you know, the response, of course, was, look, I don't know what you want me to do. We contacted this patient prior to his appointment several times, actually. We left two messages and we informed him that, you know, this was important and it was necessary for us to be able to see him. And, you know, we have policies in place. So what did you want us to do? So another situation that we had was equipment failure. It just was one of those things. I always joke that in our office, when we blow it, we're going to blow it big. And we seem to to do that. So thankfully, we don't blow it very often. But if we do, we're going to, you know, forget your appointment or not tag you in, not check your insurance our bathroom's going to be broken. I mean, it's we're going to give it all to you. So this particular patient, when they came in to get a test done for their eyes, the equipment was actually broken. And the problem is that sometimes patients don't understand ophthalmology, especially it's, it's a lot of testing, a lot of equipment. And you know, you come in the morning and you turn on the equipment and you either calibrated or it has to be integrated with the EMR or it has to do whatever it has to do and unfortunately you don't always know that something's going to go wrong until you arrive that morning so we may arrive at 8 15 and our first patient may be at 8 30 so when all things go well no big deal you turn the equipment on you let it warm up you open up clinic and you start you know seeing patients so this particular patient um came to one of our offices and that's what happened and we had to reschedule them and then we addressed the piece of equipment we had to have a technician come out a lot of remote work it's a lot of investigative you know type of process and it was completely fixed the company confirmed it was fixed we had to pay a huge bill to have it fixed And lo and behold, the patient came back to their rescheduled appointment and it happened again. So this piece of equipment actually over the course of about six months, this happened three or four times. So it was just like gut-wrenching. I mean, you really, I don't know how you recover from that. But we really were trying, we were doing our best and we were very apologetic. But, you know, from a doctor's perspective, you're practices perspective from your perspective what are you going to do right I mean it's not like we just intentionally broke our piece of equipment but this patient just kept falling on the rescheduled days that it wasn't working so I get it from their perspective from their viewpoint we are a terrible place to be Um, that's actually what their review said And that, you know, we must have outdated equipment and it was a total waste of their time. So again, I get it. This, this episode is really about sharing. There are two viewpoints, of course, because we're all doing our best, 
but I thought it was a good opportunity to maybe share the other side. I can tell you personally, I had recently had an experience and I had COVID actually, and it hit me pretty hard. And I had spent three days not being able to keep down food or water. So I have some medication that I need to take. And it was important um, enough that I wanted to go in to like an urgent clinic and get some hydration. I had done that in the past for, you know, when I was sick a few years ago and I didn't take it lightly. I didn't ask for narcotics or anything else. We actually called around. My husband called around for me. Um, He found one of them that said, sure, come on in. We informed them that I had COVID. We would be masked. I would wait outside. We took every precaution. We checked in um, and just said, you know, we're, I'm just trying to hydrate because I, I can't keep anything down. So we get in there and the front desk was wonderful and no issues. We were in a waiting room. Everybody there, I can just tell you, was testing po- like like there because they were testing for COVID. So it was a waiting room full of people who would check in and say, I have a headache. I have a really sore throat. I think I have COVID. So it's not like we were the only ones there. And to me, we were actually safer because we informed everybody. We wore masks. We waited outside. We did all the right things. So we get back to the room and I can share with you that the provider comes in the room and she was really critical. She was very judgmental and she just made me feel horrible. She said that I was risking every person in the building, that they don't give IVs unless I were super old or had diabetes. And then she continued to tell me how important it was that I was taking my medication and that I was risking my health by not doing that. And, you know, I didn't feel well enough to argue with her, but the next day when I woke up, I was mad. Like, I don't know what preconceived things she had going on in her personal life, but you don't withhold care from someone because of those whatever's going on with you. So that that was just kind of raw. It was more recent for me. Um, but it was, again, something I know in her perspective, she believed those things and thought that I was irresponsible. I don't know how you're irresponsible for going into a medical facility seeking care so that you can be responsible, but whatever. So again, we're not trying to solve anything in this issue. I'm just trying to highlight a few different situations because I think it's so important for us all to stay mindful I always tell my staff that if you have a bad interaction with a patient, just remember that it's not about you. They actually don't even know your name. They are there because of something going on in their life. And it's really important that we just stay mindful of that and remember that it's just not about us. But what are we giving off? How are we handling a situation to make sure that it goes as well as possible for them 
So that's my story. I am going to, like I said, share a couple of other stories. Um, and I appreciate you all being here. So now let's talk to a couple patients. Let's see kind of their perspective. I shared um, our perspective on behalf of my practice, but these are real people. Like I said, all of us have been there. All of us are patients somewhere. Um, but I just wanted to share different um, scenarios that people have gone through that have shared with me over the last few months. With me now um, is one of our guests. Her name is Sally, and she lives in the Charleston, South Carolina area. She's in my local community, and she had shared with me a couple months ago um, something that I hear actually all the time. So I know that we need patient extenders. We have a shortage of MDs and different kinds of providers um, in healthcare in general, and we are all forced to see as many patients as possible. So the use of these extenders is actually pretty common. Um, but I think that her situation was something that we all should be aware of and be mindful of because ultimately our goal is to do better. So Sally, thank you for joining us um, today and for sharing a little bit about your situation, your story. Okay. Um, I moved to Charleston a couple years ago, and we were looking for a new family doctor. And I went online, and I found this doctor who had five stars. And when we I first went to her, she was great, interviewed me, had covered everything. She was great. I didn't get to see her anymore after that. I had to go through PAs. And if I wanted to see her, I had to wait a, several months to see her. But the two PAs, uh, one prescribed the wrong medicine for me, uh, my, for my thyroid. I Shame on me, I didn't catch it, but she did prescribe the wrong one, which affected my blood results. And the other one, I was having stomach issues, and she, uh, she had me get a CAT scan. I went in to get the CAT scan, and the lady there who was running it said she didn't order a uh, contrast. So she just gave me a pill, and the CAT scan came back, um, and the radiologist was concerned about it. It looked like I had a shadow on my pancreas, so I had to get the CAT scan again, with this time with a um, contrast. It turned out fine. I don't have any problems. After I had to go get an endos endoscopy also. so. I wasn't happy with either, either one of the PAs. I didn't think they were very thorough. I don't. I was also in the reception area, and I could hear um, the receptionist listen to voicemails. And if I paid attention, I would know exactly who called in and what their problems were. And um, this is petty, but I didn't like checking out and the lady sitting there having her lunch, eating while she's checking me out. I think it's a poorly run office. So you actually gave a few different examples, and I think that those are all good ones because on the surface, separately, individually, they seem a little minor, right? I mean, okay, the girl was having some lunch at the checkout counter, but you put it all together, and will you share with us what you have since done? You've looked for another doctor. You've switched doctors. Yeah, yeah we went for another doctor. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I I don't trust them, um, and so we are. We we think we have found another doctor. So, just to kind of 
pause on the first part with the, the physician's assistants, the physician extenders. In ophthalmology, we tend to use optometrists. And in our own office, we talk about this quite a bit, actually, because it doesn't really matter how much you tell a patient. They are not going to remember that you told them sometimes. And we will have patients come in who have to see an optometrist, and we know that they we told them. We know we did. We wrote it down. We gave them a card with their name on it. And they show up, and they're still upset with us that they are not seeing their surgeon. So the the takeaway for me, though, on that is you cannot really communicate that enough because we have to build up the reputation of our extenders and make sure that the patients know how qualified they are. But at the end of the day, they are not there to see the PA. They are not there to see the optometrist. They are there because of the actual MD who is involved in their care, if they're going to an MD office, of course. So, Sally, in your situation, you weren't even told that you were going to see a PA. You had scheduled your appointment with the MD. You saw her fine the first time, and then subsequent visits, the PA walks in the room. Mm -hmm. So... How did that make you feel? Um, I wasn't happy about it, um, but I trusted them in the beginning. And, but that turned out that uh, I shouldn't because I didn't think they were very good. So that's, a, that's an interesting um, point, too, because we, you know, we, we have to stay mindful of that. So we are very forgiving as people. We are very, very forgiving. But you had this in your mind already so now anything that the PA may have done that wasn't perfect actually you're already prepared to kind of expect less than Mm -hmm. so even by just preparing you ahead of time you probably would have been a little more forgiving if there was an error calling it a medication or whatever but it just seems to have compounded over time where now they almost can do nothing right in your eyes. Yeah. Well, actually, when I met with the doctor, after, they, after I proved that they sent in the wrong prescription, I did get to see the doctor after that because I expect she was concerned that I was going to make a fuss. But her reaction was, well, what do you want me to do about this? And I think that was not the way to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot here. <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of ways at this office. And, you know, maybe at that point they don't care. Maybe they're busy and, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, you're actually switching providers because of these seemingly very simple things that actually could have given you more confidence in that office. Um, for anyone listening who lets your staff eat, you've got to stop. It is actually disgusting. Your technicians should not have granola bars at the tech station. The front desk should never be allowed to eat anything at the front desk. Just in healthcare, you at least need to fake it. If you're not having a sanitary environment, you need to make sure that you don't take it the extra step and actually have them have food everywhere. It is so gross and it is so disrespectful. Um, so to have the person at the checkout counter actually eating a full lunch while you're there, um, that's never okay. Um, 
And then as far as the voicemails, I wasn't expecting that one, but um, that's, you know, we could go ahead and just comment on that. Um, HIPAA applies. I know that there's incidents to service and there's different things that, you know, you may not go to jail over that, but why would you put your speakerphone on while you're checking patient voicemails? That also just really doesn't make sense because it's a very simple step to um, shield that from listeners and, um, you know, just make sure that, that that's not happening. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. You're I welcome. I think most of us have been through something similar. Um, but what we're doing with this episode is really just sharing these different examples so that we all can hopefully continue to learn from them. So hopefully you're happy with your new provider. I hope so. And these I'm... issues go away. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, I know that I mentioned talking to several patients today, but um, we do want to keep these uh, efficient. And honestly, I could talk to patients all day long. So that will be the end of this podcast. I just wanted to share some real world examples. I do think it's so important that we stay mindful of what our patients are going through and some of the challenges and concerns and you know, they're, they may be afraid. There's just lots going on. And just to encourage um, each other and to remind us that ultimately our patient care and providing a good experience really is our goal. I think that sharing these stories can be really helpful in that process. So we will save other patient stories for later. I've got so many of them. I just, I love talking to patients and I love hearing um, about their experiences. So Thank you so much for making our first season um, everything that I had hoped it would be. I'm getting really good feedback, and I'm really enjoying just kind of building this community of healthcare leaders. Um, And we do plan on launching season two um, in the end of September, I believe. Um, So about six weeks in between, maybe, maybe a little bit shorter. Um, So if you have any comments, suggestions, again, pmlclaw.com. My name is Ashley Malone, and we appreciate you joining us.